0: From Muhlenberg College, this is 2400 Chew. I'm your host, Shakita Griffin. In each episode of this podcast, I talk to one Muhlenberg graduate about their current work and the industry in which that work is done. For this episode, I spoke with Lorenzo Gisanda, class of 2019, senior associate at Bentil Green Oak. As I do with most of these interviews, I began the conversation by asking how and when Lorenzo became interested in his occupation.
1: I started at Muhlenberg in 2015, and I was a bio major at first. I think like many people were, and found out pretty quickly that within the first two semesters that um, it just wasn't for me. Freshman year, you have to study a variety of things not specifically what you wanted to do I wanted to be a physical therapist and we were studying a variety of different things that didn't interest me and I wasn't doing too well so over the summer going into sophomore year I started to read a lot of books a lot of finance books starting with a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad which sparked my interest in finance I made my decision up pretty quick that I wanted to make the change over I guess going into sophomore year is when I decided to go into finance. And that's what sparked my interest. Truthfully, that book, I have to, you know, attach that book to getting me here. I mean, I'm not too old, only 25, but, you know, over the last four years, that's what, that's what did it.
0: Nice. No, that's very cool that it was something kind of in your own personal development, reading this book, right? That kind of changed your academic trajectory at Muhlenberg. What led you to your current
1: role? Coming out of college, I didn't really know what I what I wanted to do. My my father owns a construction landscaping business. And I originally thought that I wanted to help with that, eventually take over that um with my, you know, newfound knowledge of finance and hopefully bring that. He came from Italy as a kid and he has been doing that for his whole life. And I figured I could contribute on the financial side possibly, but I also felt as though I was missing out on a lot. Like moving into the city, being around my friends that move into the city, working that corporate life. So I wanted to try doing that, but I knew that I couldn't just sit at home and do nothing. So I initially got a job working in social media or at a media firm. And I knew it's not what I wanted to do. It was just basically a stepping stone. I wanted to go there and take in as much knowledge that I knew that would transfer over, which would mostly be Excel because I don't know any finance jobs that don't stuff their head in Excel for eight hours a day. So that's what I did there. Like, although it was a lot of social media, there was a lot of Excel work as well. So that's what I, I tried to hone my skills. After around nine, 10 months, that's when I made my jump into uh, working as a fund admin for a small private equity firm. That was the beginning of my career and my jump over to to finance. So I started in fund administration, which is basically private equity funds, hire fund admins. If they have too much on their plate, they hire fund administrators to do their work. But I also knew that I wanted to work on the actual private equity fund side because you would get a more holistic view rather than just working on this one singular fund. I'm currently working at a company called Bentle Green Oak, which is a part of Sun Life Financial. Working as basically a fund manager for two separate private equity funds within the, the firm
0: do you have a typical work day? You know, and if so, what does that look like? And especially thinking of the lens of current students who may not right. be familiar right, with this world of work, what does your actual work look like?
1: It's definitely cyclical. So I just came off of a very slow downtime and starting today is our uh, next busy period for, I would say, the next month and a half. And that's because Q3 just finished. So my typical workday is pretty much just working on the on quarterly reports and report and uh, and answering any questions that our investors have. Basically, at the end of a quarter, it's our job to present our investors with a clean package in order for them to have an idea of what their investments are going into. Because you know, what we see on the back end is super in depth and won't make sense. It still doesn't make sense to myself, so it needs to be put into a much cleaner package I guess to give to our investors but I guess day to day it's on a day-to-day basis it's pretty much reconciling cash and making sure that money is going to the correct places we have capital calls and distributions on a daily basis what a capital call is basically we are sending money that our investors invested with us back to them you know on capital gains and distributions we're basically calling that for them it sounds opposite of what it actually is because on their side, they're distributing money to us. So we're calling that distribution and a capital calls, they're calling capital from us. So like it sounds reverse basically from our end, but so that's my daily basis. That probably takes up a good two, three hours of my, of my morning. On a slow day, uh, the other ones is just responding to investor inquiries, basically. It's them coming in emails about why does a certain thing look this way? When can they expect certain reports and things like that?
0: Nice. So definitely maintaining those relationships. You know, overall, when you think about your work, what are the skills that are making you most successful? You know, both the hard or technical skills as well as what are the soft skills that someone in your role needs to bring to the
1: table? Well, for me, it's attentiveness to detail. I'm someone who wants to do things quickly. And again, it's a personal level, but I, I think I can skip over some small detail that might be a, like a small detail, but can go a long way, whether it's, you know, having an address correct on a bank account or just having a bank account number correct or things like that. I would say that's the most important skill. Other than that, Excel is definitely the most important skill. It can make or break you time-wise for sure. It could, it could be the difference between 16-hour day or or an eight-hour day, depending on how good your Excel skills are. So that's what I would say is the most most important skill, and I would say that's that was the number one skill I was probably lacking coming out of. I do believe and I don't think it's Muhlenberg alone. I think it's a lot of colleges that I think Excel needs to be a bigger part of the curriculum for finance and accounting students for sure.
0: And so how did you personally upskill since you know you had to find resources then independently to help you with your Excel skills?
1: It was a lot of youtubing because that's free. and then also, it was a lot of asking my managers at the time and watching them do it. And for me, it was also pulling up spreadsheets that were have been made for, for a long time and trying to understand through the spreadsheets and through the formulas in there, how it's being pulled in and how to incorporate that in the future.
0: Well, a lot of independent and taking initiative, right, to learn those skills that you needed. And so when you think about your Muhlenberg experience, what are the pieces of that that you do feel best prepared you for life after graduation?
1: The teachers were great. I had a great time and experience with all the teachers there. I think there's a, a great variety of teachers um, within the space, whether it's different countries, different backgrounds, and different ages, too. So I had teachers that were, that seemed, five, ten years out of college and other teachers that worked in the industry for 30, 40 years before teaching. And I think that was a great experience, getting different perspectives between different types of investments, whether younger teachers are teaching about individual investments and options tradings and things of that nature, and older teachers speaking about ETFs and index funds and investing safely. I think it was great seeing a broad spectrum of different types of investments and things of that nature.
0: Lorenzo, having graduated in 2019, right? right? How did the pandemic
1: affect your transition into the work world? It was kind of crazy. I only worked in an office full time for three months. I think I started working my first corporate job in, in December, I believe. And so I worked from December to, to when it closed down. I remember on a Friday being on a train home from work. And my company said, sent down an email and it's like, work from home for two weeks or a month or whatever it was. And I was like, okay, like, that's pretty cool. I'll just work, we'll work from home. And then uh two weeks went by, that was just extended and extended and extended. I can't say which I like more because, you know, it was three months, but there definitely became a point where I wanted that connection, the, the human connection. Between that, I had another job and I worked that I was fully remote. And uh, I never met my coworkers, and I worked there for a year. Like, not one time do we meet in person. Like, I didn't meet coworkers in the finance industry till this job. And it's just, it's a completely different experience. I don't ever want to do five days a week, and I don't think I would have to at my current job. I'm at the point where I'm asking my manager and my director, can I come in? Because my company, we grew so big over the pandemic that there's not enough room. I was going in. Then they're like, you don't need to come in at all if you don't want to. But now I had like a happy hour with my team last week. And he was like, you know, you could definitely ask to come in. So I'm definitely going to take advantage of that because I do think it's important. There's only so much you can do in in your uh, your small apartment. I definitely don't agree with the being in the office 24-7 or five days a week. But it's important to me, I guess, to to have that balance. Because I also, I'm the type of person, I, I don't like taking work home with me. I try not to do my work in my room, like in my apartment. Yes. But in my actual room, no, I try to keep that separation. And I actually enjoyed like the commute, the, the you know, the 45 minute separation between work and, and home because it just causes, it can cause unneeded stress that that can rub off on roommates or your significant other or, or what have you, which, which I don't think is, is healthy.
0: When you think about your trajectory up to this point, what made you know when it was time to move on from a role?
1: I think with me, it was, it was just the fact that I wasn't where I wanted to be, whether it was industry rise or even within that industry. Like I started in, in media and that was, it's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of young people, but it didn't spark my interest, like especially what I was doing. And then working as a fund admin, I knew that there's only so far you can get with that as well. And now that I'm here working at an actual private equity fund, I know this is where I want to be. I was having dinner before this and I was just like, I haven't even gone on LinkedIn and even browsed the job page. I think this is the longest that I've gone without doing that because it feels right. And I know that I you know, want to be here. My team's great. And my managers and directors constantly remind me of it, of how lucky because, you know, we had summer Fridays this year, but our busy season went one month into Into our summer Fridays, like the firm's summer Fridays. So, our VP like took it upon himself for our whole team was like, "All right, we'll extend your summer Fridays until the end of September." Which was like, "That's like great." They have every right to be like, "All right, like I know you missed out on it, but that's just you know work." He came to me. He's like, "Do you want to come in? You like definitely don't have to come in anymore. Like we don't have that much room. We just want to check in." I was like, "At the time, I was like, oh, it doesn't really matter that much to me." But you know, it's just the fact that he's asking that, and they're very good with you. If you have to step out to go to a doctor's appointment, something like that. Like I just got ACL surgery three months ago. And my VP was like, you know, you don't have to come in until, until you're ready to come in. He pulled it from his own experience. He's like, I remember, you know, one of my coworkers 15 years ago getting knee surgery and the president told him he had to come in basically the next day. And he was coming in on, on crutches and like a little, like a scooter where you put your knee on it or whatever. Yeah. So basically I'm constantly reminded that I'm in a good place, and you know I want to be here for a while. And I think when companies do that, they are rewarded as well. Again, this is the longest I've gone without looking for for, for a job or or even browsing the LinkedIn page
0: right. Um, not jumping to what's next. I mean, that fit that yeah. you're talking about is so crucial, you know, fitting right. your your values in terms of your work as well as fitting your life and lifestyle that you want to lead. So you know that really. Makes sense to keep moving, keep, you know, pursuing until you find that right fit?
1: I'm not sure who told me this, but I spoke to alumni a lot. I think the Muhlenberg alumni system is is really, really great. I think the fact that Muhlenberg is such a small school is really great and offers a lot of benefits. I don't think people realize until they start night working. Again, my family is from Italy and they all immigrated here in the 80s. So I, I don't have a lot of natural connections in any type of corporate field. Most of them, you know, run their own blue collar businesses. So I had to make that on my own. And one of the alumni told me that you want to get to where you want to go before the sand underneath you turns into cement. You know, if you're, if you're in an industry for too long, you could get stuck there. You know, if I was in the media role for three years, finance roles would probably start overlooking me. Like this is a completely different industry. This person's 25 years old. Entry level jobs are going to 21 year olds, 22 year olds. So I think it's very important to to get where you want to be like relatively quickly.
0: I love that you're tapping into the Muhlenberg network and taking that sort of sage advice from alums as well. You know, when you think about your role, what would you say are both the most challenging and then on the flip side, the most rewarding aspects of your current work?
1: Definitely not the most rewarding, but the most (laughs) challenging aspect I would say. Is for me personally, and it's a little technical. But when we do have to call capital from our clients, it's a very hard process for me so far. I, I'm sure it'll get easier. It's just it's a lot of uh, work. And I, I spoke about you know how important Excel is, and like I, I'm a lot better than I was, but I'm still not perfect. But it's just an extremely grueling, I guess, process that'll just take hours of your time for it to be correct. Because again, you're sending this over to your clients and. You're telling them basically to give you millions of dollars of their worth. So it's very challenging. That's the most challenging aspect. And the most rewarding thing is sending out those quarterly reports and you know, having the finalized PDF of literally everything broken out um, before it's sent over to our clients. And it's just like looking at it and be like, I did that. It's just like a pretty cool thing. And, and it's going out to all of our investors and like it all comes back to like me working on it. I remember that happening for the first time three months ago and I just thought that it was like really cool basically and it was like a reminder of like yeah this is why this is why I want to do this
0: no that's very cool having such a tangible output right of all of your work I can see how that's rewarding for sure so thanks for sharing those and so you know kind of as we're we're wrapping here what guidance or advice would you give to somebody who's interested in doing what you do
1: use the Muhlenberg network (laughs) Thanks. It was the most important thing for me. I remember going through it and after getting my first job, I'm like, if any like, alumni reaches out to me, I would always give them the time of day. Uh, always talk to them on the phone because it's hard and it's, and it's hard being on, on their end, the person who just graduated, because you're, just, you're talking to a lot of people you've never met before. You don't know how a lot of different personalities, you don't know how they're going to react to your, you. Know, your messages. I was trying to make three to four meetings a week, just phone calls, basically trying to ask them about their industry, try not to not only, you know, have them know who I am, but but learn about what would interest me because there's so much more out there than you would think. Within, within every industry, there's hundreds of jobs that you have no idea exist. But that's the most important part, I would say, is, is use the network. The school's small, so everyone has that personal connection. If you went to a, a state college with tens of thousands of students a year, you graduated with 10,000 kids, but you know, if you're going to a school with 2,600 kids, it's it's just different. Use LinkedIn to connect with alumni because it really helps. and And you can meet some really cool people along the way also.
0: I love that. I love that advice for so many reasons. You know, you shared not only connecting with the network, but setting up three to four meetings a week, right? It's not, it took work to make those connections and right. to tap into the network. And, you know, I think sometimes that can be the the overwhelming or perhaps even intimidating part to students, but being able to put in that work, knowing that you're going to find so many people that are receptive, so many alums that think just like you do, that want to, you know, have those connections and are willing to give back to their fellow mules. So again, I love that advice. Thank you.
1: Yeah, even ones who don't think like you do, which is a lot of time even better, because again, it just broadens your mind and opens it up to things and opportunities that you, that you haven't heard of. And It also really prepares you for for interviews, too.
0: This episode of 2400 Chew was produced by the Office of Alumni Affairs at Muhlenberg College. It was recorded remotely and engineered in the studios of WMUH Allentown, Pennsylvania. Our opening and closing music from Cowboy Bebop is performed by the Muhlenberg College Jazz Big Band.